All right. Welcome to a special episode of Realtor Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? And we are going to have guests from the Ethics and Professional Standards Committee on the board. And we're going to talk about different cases that went to the Ethics Committee and see what the outcome was. So on this episode, we have our favorite broker from Rachel Real Real Estate, Rachel Real. Hey, Rachel. Good morning, Jen. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm ready to duke it out with you. Let's. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's see what happens. (laughs) So Rachel will present the case, read the case, and we'll talk about it and see if we think it's an ethics violation. And then we'll find out if it really is. (laughs) That sounds like (laughs) this should be interesting. Right. These always are, you know, I'm on my second round of, uh, well, I've been on the professional standards uh, panel at the, at the main street organization of realtors in the Western suburbs of Chicago for about five or six years now. And uh, I'm on my second round as vice chair this year and then chair next year. Nice. So these are super interesting. How long is your reign? um, You go raise a year. So vice chair this year, year next uh, chair next year for a year. Um, But you know, these are really interesting and I almost wish that every realtor with some experience you have a, there's a requirement for the number of years you've been doing this in order to to serve on the panels okay. or on the committee um but I, I wish everybody did it at least once well because it's really have, eye-opening yeah oh for right. sure right and since people don't we're going to do it for them and then exactly. we're going to share this with everybody so exactly. there's no excuse not to know exactly <laughs> now this series is going to air uh every wednesday so if you Fantastic. yeah so you'll see it every wednesday all right let's get started rachel Okay, so the first uh, the, the case we're going to talk about today focuses on Article 16 of the Code of Ethics, which Article 16 states, realtors shall not engage in any practice or take any action inconsistent with exclusive representation or exclusive brokerage relationship agreements that other realtors have with clients. So okay. in a nutshell, if, if an agent has a, an exclusive um, agency agreement with a client, you cannot insert yourself into that, into that relationship. And that can be buyer or seller. Correct either side. Now, all I'm hearing, Rachel, is people fight me on that buyer's agreement. They say they don't need it, but you need it. it. Right. If they had it, they, yes, they need to have it. Exactly. All right. For multiple reasons, multiple reasons. Exactly. Okay. So we're going to, we're pulling a case out of the um, code of ethics case interpretations from the code of ethics and arbitration manual through NAR. Okay. So this is a, a manual that is across, you know, through NAR. So it's state, you know, covers all the states. It's not specific to Illinois where I'm from. Okay. So we're going to read through the case and then we'll talk about it at the end, see what we would have done if we were realtor A or realtor B okay. and then, and then determine what exactly the finding was when this went to a panel. So this did in fact go to a hearing and it was uh, heard by a panel and they, they had some findings of, of determination whether or not the person was guilty of an ethics violation. Okay. So this is a true story. Okay. Realtor A was holding an open house for their client's home, which had been on the market for several months. So Realtor A was thrilled to see buyer C approach the home after two hours with no visitors. So this Realtor- was like 10 years ago. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Back when we did open houses. <laughs> and back when there was nobody there. <laughs> right. Right. You just sat there in peace and read a book for a little right. bit. Right. Okay, so Realtor A gave her a tour of the space, but buyer C indicated she she was looking for more of a fixer-upper as she had almost single-handedly completed some significant renovation projects in her previous homes and was looking for the perfect next project. Okay. Realtor A had another listing. That's like, we're we're judging why she's, anyway. (laughs) Right. Why is this chick looking for something with, right, that needs a lot of work? Because I haven't heard that in probably 15 years at least. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd like to bring my toothbrush and move in tomorrow, please. Right. That's more like it. Right. So Realtor A had another listing that she knew was perfect for buyer C and hadn't been listed in the MLS yet as the client had just signed their agreement earlier that morning. Okay. Realtor A described the home to buyer C and offered to show it to her. Mm-hmm. Buyer C replied with, oh, thank you. I'm actually working with someone. I should probably ask them about it. I love this buyer. I yes. think all buyers should behave this way. Correct. Realtor A responded, that's fine. But to be honest, I'm not sure if your agent will even get a chance to see it. At the price at which it's listed, I'm confident it will sell before I can even get it in the MLS. How would that happen? Right. Gee, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Somewhat reluctantly, buyer C agreed to let Realtor A show her the second home. Realtor A then drafted an offer, which was accepted and the parties completed a quick close. Proud of a job well done for her client, Realtor A was shocked when she received notice of an ethics complaint filed against her by Realtor B, alleging a violation of Article 16 for interfering with his exclusive relationship with buyer C. At the hearing, Realtor B provided the hearing panel with copies of his exclusive buyer agency agreement with buyer C, and buyer C testified that she did tell Realtor A she was working with someone, but felt pressured to tour and submit an offer with Realtor A or risk losing the house. Realtor A defended her actions, stating, listen, if I had known that buyer C had an exclusive agreement with someone, I would have backed off. But she never said that she was working with someone exclusively, just that she was working with someone. It's not my responsibility to fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. It's not my responsibility to fill in the gaps on what she told me or hammer her with questions and drive away a potential buyer just to determine what sort of relationship she has. That doesn't serve my client well. Okay. So... So what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, let's discuss what the appropriate way to handle this would have been from realtor a and or realtor B's perspective. First of all, I think we should give kudos to client. Oh, like, I love the client. Kudos. Yes. I want to, yes, I, we love you. Yes. Whoever you are. <laughs> You're the best. All right. Yes. If I was realtor a, I guess I can, I, well, first of all, I think that the second that the client said they were working with an agent, I, I would, cause a lot of you're people, done. Right. Well, no, I mean, I'm not, well, you, you have to stop and, and, and redirect your, your course of conversation at that point. Right. Who's your agent. Great. Okay, great. Who's your agent. Oh, and then be like, oh yeah, I know them, whatever. Let's give them a call. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, exactly. Because some exactly. people will say that, but it's not true. Right. It's, it's like going to shop for a car. Are you working with somebody? Yes, I am. Just leave me alone. You know, and, and I get it. And people go open housing in my market. Like it's an extracurricular. Open housing. It's an activity. Oh, it's it's an activity. It's a verb here. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. So when people, you know, especially during football season, you have a lot of wives go open housing oh, while the husbands sure. are watching football. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why Super Bowl Monday is like the holiday of real estate here. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if realtor A is sitting there and realtor and, and buyer comes in and says, oh, I am working with somebody great. Then your, your conversation stops and you then say, great, who is your agent? Let me make the, let me make them a, a quick call to them and I'll, I'll fill them in on the details. Exactly. That's the I also wonder though, what do you think about her? What her, I just assumed it was a female, all great agents are female. No, just kidding. (laughs) Okay. So if she said in there that she's not sure that it will even hit the market, I mean, I guess that's like a whole nother conversation. That's kind of a whole nother conversation. I look at that as that agent's way of trying to secure this client by by showing her that, Hey, I have something you want and you can't have it unless you work with me. Yeah. So that was, a, that was a bit inappropriate. I didn't as well. like that. Yeah. Okay. No, no. 
So, okay. Again, but the question is the ethics violation question is that you can't work with another agent's client when it's exclusive. Correct. So here, if you look at the verbiage, say. if you look at the verbiage between an exclusive and a non-exclusive, yeah. a non-exclusive agreement just says, Hey, these are my duties to you. Here's your duties to me. But it doesn't say we are the only ones working together. Exactly. An, ex- an exclusive says, Hey, it's you and it's me and there's nobody else. But I think in the reality of doing business, and I think this is why the ethics, um, this is why the, what would you do series is interesting because it's like, these are ethics violations, but just because it's an ethics violation doesn't mean that it's in alignment with actually how we do business. Correct. Correct. Because there's, you know, even with, in my personal opinion and the way I would conduct myself, whether or not this is an exclusive or a Mm non-exclusive, I, the way I'm handling this as agent A is exactly the same. You're working with somebody right. great. Who's your agent? I'm not stepping on anyone. No, toes, I whether agree. It's exclusive it or not exclusive. I mean, I agree. I'm just saying that like, but the question right. is, is it an ethics violation? Right. So I think professionalism Correct. is a different, is different. Precisely. So yes. here's the thing. I think most agents, 99 and a half out of a hundred agents, if they have a listing, they will get an exclusive right to list. Exactly. Yes. It's more common than, I mean, first of all, than an exclusive think, agency. Right. right. But the thing with buyer people showing buyers is they often don't get an exclusive right to represent the buyer. Exactly. And why would you not? Because if you look at an exclusive agency on the list side, mm-hmm. we don't have those. And those are not common at all because think about how much work you're putting in as an agent with, with zero guarantee at the end. No, they should the freaking get it you, signed. It makes right, me it's insane. The same thing as, I know it's the same thing as the, on the opposite with the buyer side. Right. Yes. So it makes me crazy. So one, I think you should get it, but I think also agent A, if I'm agent A and I desire to be a little shady, let's say I would never right. do this. You would never like, do that, but say for, in her for defense, purpose, right. In her def- or his defense, whoever in agent A's defense, the chances of this buyer having exclusive buyer agreement is likely slim. Right. Just because of the way the, the, the business works in general. We don't right. see them enough to, to expect that that would be the situation. Exactly. Doesn't now, mean I, that they're still wrong, mean that it's still appropriate. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think they're still wrong in how they can d- decide to do their, their business, business, but people decide right. to do their business in a lot of ways. Right. So that's, that's interesting, but is it an ethics violation if they didn't have the exclusive buy? I don't think if they didn't have it, then it's not an ethics violation. Right. 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 You then might have a question as to procuring cause because it doesn't say in this case here whether or not that agent B mm. or B secured an exclusive representation agreement with the buyer when they wrote that offer. In the but, state of Illinois, license law states, you have to have something in writing when you take on that action that dictates that you're providing agency services. But isn't that the consumer guide? No. The consumer guide just explains here's the different types of agency in Illinois. We have buyer representation, seller representation dual agency, which is legal in Illinois, although I don't love it. Um, and then being unrepresented entirely. So okay. in order for when, when I sit down to write a contract with a buyer, if I haven't already secured a buyer agency agreement, then I have to, I have to put that in writing at the time I'm writing the offer. So if I get audited by the state of Illinois, I have something in that file, whether it's exclusive, non-exclusive notice of no agency, something that says I've had this conversation with my client they know we're here. It is on paper. It's all spelled out right that we are exclusive. So, okay. So if I am, but it said in there that, that agent B did present, what is the evidence they presented? They presented the exclusive. They, they, uh, let's see. Right. By uh, realtor B. Let's see. 
Realtor B provided the hearing panel with copies of this exclusive buyer agency agreement oh. with buyer C. So, so then, yeah, did. it is an ethics violation then because the code is that you, I would think that if I were on the panel, I would think that's an ethics violation. Absolutely. So and, what did they and would, you, would you, and would you feel that that agent, whether, even if it was a non-exclusive, would you feel that that agent acted in a professional manner? Even if it was not, I don't think that they did, but that's not the question. The question is, is it an ethics violation? And I don't think if there was no, if agent B, although if they didn't have an exclusive buyer agreement, then I think the lack of it says, I'm sorry, it's not an ethics violation according to this particular code. Right. But like you said, maybe it's something else, but like you didn't have it. So there was no, just because you thought maybe you implied that and you were doing actions in accordance to being in an exclusive agency with this person you're you're not right right that sucks though it does it does hence all the more reason we need exclusive buyer agency agreements. so what was the outcome and buyer and buyers like this yeah right. um, okay so the hearing panel decided that realtor a had in fact violated article 16 yeah. as standard of practice it, it is as standard of practice 16-9 provides realtors prior to entering into a representation agreement, and now interesting, that doesn't say exclusive or non-exclusive, just into a representation agreement, have an affirmative obligation to make reasonable efforts to determine whether the prospect is subject to a current valid exclusive agreement to provide the same type of real estate. Hmm. As Realtor A had made no affirmative effort to ascertain whether buyer C's relationship with another agent was exclusive or not, the hearing panel concluded she had made no reasonable efforts to determine the nature of the relationship is required by article 16. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So if you look at the, the question that realtor, realtor A said, Hey, you know what? It's not my job to, 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 it is. to go ask all these questions. Well, A, yes, it is. And B, she says that doesn't serve my client. Well, well, her job is to find a buyer for that property. Right. It's not find a buyer for that property only with your people. Right. It's, it's in whatever way it takes for you to get that buyer. So whether she picked up the phone and called the other agent and said, Hey, I have your client at an open house. I have a house going on the market, explained the situation and said, Hey, let's get your client in there. Yeah. Her client, her seller client would have been served equally as well. I, yes, I agree with you that. Yeah. Right. Unless, unless she didn't have, um, she had the varying commission. True. So if sure. her client is concerned about money and she had that commission where she takes less if she has both sides and the client would actually not, but you still could have in process, put it on the market like you're supposed to. Right. And she said, I believe she said in here too, that she had put it on the market. She had just put it on the market this morning or that morning. No, I think they just signed. It said uh, let's it see. had not right. hit the market. It, that it was had, the whole had, thing. Right. Hadn't been listed in the MLS yet as they had just signed their agreement earlier that morning. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, wow. where, where I'm at, the requirement is it's got to be in the MLS within 48 hours. So I think ours a, is like know. 24. So like whatever the rule is, it's some kind right. of rule. Right. It's a, it was a short time frame. Right. Wow. That's yes, so either way, either way, this agent definitely was in violation of article 16. Well, and to your point, it, it may or may not have, even if, even if she was the variable commission, maybe she could have gotten more or multiple offers if it was put on the market. Absolutely. That's a whole different ball of wax. I mean, that's another, yeah. another thing you look at and go, you know, you're best serving your client by putting it on the market and, and exposing it to the, in the largest number of people you can. So in an ethics committee hearing, and you're talking about this one for this, for example, you're talking about like one specific thing, but in discussing right. this, you hear another ethics violation. What happens? <laughs> 
Uh, oftentimes we'll go into an executive session and say, hey, do we need to add an article? Do, you know, do we feel like there's something that else that like should else. be part of this? And, and, and that's up for discussion then. Are you allowed to have an attorney at these? Yes, you can. So you can have, interestingly enough, as a, as a respondent or a complainant, either one, you can have either an attorney with you or you can have a realtor counsel which would be another agent that would come with you. So maybe somebody that's on the committee that kind of understands how these things work um, is well-versed in professional standards and ethics, and they can be your, your realtor counsel. These are so yeah. interesting. All right. Well, we will do more of these. Like I said, they're uh, what would you do series? It's going to be coming every Wednesday and Rachel will be on on it often. <laughs> so yeah. I love Rachel, these things. <laughs> yes, she's great. These are great. And it's, it gives they us are. a lot to think about, you know, so they're really absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so if you have any referrals, Rachel is in Chicago or yes, Chicago land. <laughs> What's the best way to get a hold of you, Rachel? My cell number is 630-542-8688. Or you can find me on Facebook at Rachel Real Estate. And that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L Real Estate. Nice. I love it. Yes. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Thanks, Jen.